Good morning. As you can tell, I am not James. Uh, James and Linda are in Arizona, so I will be your, your pastor for today. And I tell you, nothing makes you feel like you've reached the big leagues like this fancy microphone I've got here. Uh, I almost felt like I should have sat over there and, and, you know, absorbed the James vibes for a little bit before I started, but I, I didn't. So um, let's start with our Bible passage for today. It's in um, the handout that you got when you came in, and it's a little lengthy, but it's from the message, uh, and I just think it sums up some of the things that I'm going to touch on so wonderfully. It's Ephesians 4, 1 through 13, and I'm going to leave out a couple of the verses in the middle. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourself out in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. You are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together, both inwardly and outwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. Thanks be to God. So as we get started, when I volunteered to preach about authenticity, I just thought how perfect this is, not because I have this figured out in any way, but because it's so important to me. When I am going through life, I find it difficult to be close to people who are not authentic. And if you think about it in your life, you know, you instantly know who is authentic. From your interactions with them or just meeting them, you think, oh, that, she's authentic. She is being real. And so I want to dig into a couple of the aspects about that today so that we can leave hopefully a little, a little wiser about authenticity. And I think this passage illuminates the most important aspects of authenticity. But before we get there, let's talk about what authenticity means. Brene Brown, who Pastor James has talked about, she's an author and uh, an expert on vulnerability, says that authenticity is the daily practice of letting go who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And according to the dictionary, the word authentic means true to one's personality, spirit, or character, and made to be just like the original. And I think both of those definitions are parts of being authentic. So if we all agree that being authentic is being true to ourselves, what do we do with that? How do we make that happen in our lives? I think it has three parts, and we'll go through these parts in the passage. One, internal authenticity. Two, external authenticity. 
and three, authentic connection. So the first part is being authentic on the inside. And the verses we, we read talked about the road God called you to travel. Other translations talk about the calling you have received. Even further, it talks about the gifts God has given you, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, and so on. In other parts of the Bible, it talks about being made in God's image. This is the foundation of internal authenticity. God created you. He made you unique. He made you to be who you are, no two of us alike. So to be authentic means to accept and live as the person God created you to be. So why am I saying this first part is internal? Internal means that you are living the life that is true to you, that you are not living up to what others expect of you, and that you are not living up to what the world says you should be. You are being true to who God made you and not forcing yourself to be someone else. I encountered this in my life in a big way after Otto was born. Otto's 15 there, so, you know, it's a few years ago. <laughs> we were living in Fredericksburg, and I was fortunate enough to be a stay-at-home mom at that point. I kind of had the baby thing mostly figured out, and I had joined a mom's group to get friends and support during this time in my life. The only problem is I was miserable. I couldn't figure out why everyone around me was so happy all the time. I couldn't figure out why staying at home seemed to be the best thing that they had ever done. I would ask the moms, what did you do all day? What, what's your schedule like? As if I could figure out this formula that they were using to make themselves happy. I practically grilled them on all the different parts of staying at home, trying to find the little piece that must be missing for me to unlock this happiness. And while there were things that I enjoyed about staying at home, I was very unhappy. It took me years to accept that I could change something to make my life happier. So finally, I went back to work, first doing some project work inside the home, and then a part-time job, and then a full-time job outside the house. And these jobs made me so happy. For me, part of the happiness in being a mom is being a working mom. I need that balance of those two pieces of me. And those jobs fulfilled a part of me that I needed. Now, it took me years to figure that out and to accept that I didn't have to be a stay-at-home mom. I could be a working mom, and that was great, too. Once I was able to accept that about myself, so many things changed for me. Now, the biggest problem there is that I was trying to force myself to be happy, doing something that really didn't make me happy. I wanted to be like everyone around me, but I couldn't be. It wasn't until I listened to myself and to God and made changes in my life that I really felt peace. That was a big change for me in being authentic. I had to accept that I wasn't like everyone else and that I needed different things and that I had to make my life according to how I was. While it may sound simple, oh, you just change something and you're done, it's not that easy. That story and those changes in my life, like I said, took years. The hardest part was accepting that I was different. It took conquering my fear of being different and wanting to fit in that allowed me to move to the next stage of making the changes that I needed. It was the acceptance first and then the changes second. 
making the changes was actually the easier part. Once you've accepted who you are and get comfortable with that, you've gone most of the way to being internally authentic. You've heard Pastor James say it before, and I will say it again. God made you just how you are. He didn't make a mistake in making you not even a little part. He wanted you to be just who you are and that there is no one like you. You cannot think, oh, if there's just this one little piece that wasn't there or was different, you have to accept all of you. And this isn't to say that you can't change or improve, but you can start from a foundation of accepting who you are and then make those changes. And don't think that this is also a one-time change. That was just one story of a part of my life. There may be areas that you need to accept and then that will cause some changes. But even if you're doing a great job at living a life that shows who you are on the inside, there are always little tweaks and little changes that you can make. Are you showing your values in everyday life? How can you better show things like compassion or kindness to others? Whatever your key values and parts are, you can always make adjustments to live them better. And you can grow and change too. But you can't grow and change and improve without knowing yourself and knowing where you are right now. You can't hate or shame or be mean to yourself as a way of change. It's a process of learning and evolving. It's not just a one and done thing. So moving on to the second part, once we have the authentic on the inside part, then we move to being authentic on the outside. The verses that I read talk about acting with humility and discipline, not acting and looking the same. And the idea of external authenticity is showing the world who you are. And before you think that this is the easy part and that we all have this figured out, think about it. This means to show the world who you are, imperfections and all. A place that this shows up so much for me is social media, right? I mean, when was the last time you looked at Facebook or Instagram and saw someone posting the bad side of something, or something that failed, or some struggle that they were having? For the most part, social media only shows the sunny side of things, the bright side of things, the positive, the things that go well in everyone's life. Or think about when someone asks how you are. Oh, how are you today? What's your answer? Usually, fine. Oh, I'm so busy. You know, when was the last time that we each gave an honest answer to that? Even just something short and simple like, thanks for asking, but I'm really struggling today. We don't often say that. And why not? Why don't we let others into our internal life? We think that others have it together more than we do. We don't want to be seen as less than or needy. We don't want to burden others. Yet it's exactly that vulnerability to show all the parts of us that we're called to do. Being authentic on the outside means to show all of those parts. Now, I'm not saying you have to pour out your long whole life story to the grocery checkout lady when she asks you how you're doing. That's not, that's not where we're going. Or that you have to tell your boss every last bit of your you know, personal details and things like that. There are some boundaries and places where you don't have to let it all hang out. But outside of those, we need to be honest with each other. We're all imperfect. We're all needy. We all need each other. 
We need to conquer our ego and show those sides of us. And this is really hard. I struggle with this all the time, talking about social media. I'm one of those people. My Facebook posts are the sunny, happy kind. I don't often post things that are less than or not so good. I post the good things about vacation, the cute photos of the kids, you know, only the good photos of the family or of something exciting that happened. And I've thought about it. I've thought about posting those pictures that show the less than, the awkward, the sticky part of life. But I can't quite get there. I can't quite get past that showing the perfect side mentality. Uh, it's hard for me to think that my pictures of the authentic and the messy are going to show up next to the perfect pictures of everyone else's life. It's easier for me not to post anything, honestly, than to post something that may be authentic. It's an area that I continue to work on. I find it much easier to be authentic in person, another aspect of being authentic on the outside. I have no problem revealing more personal things to people in a conversation or in a face-to-face -face area. And that's okay. It's a process, right? This is, this is my struggle where I'm doing not so well at the social media part, but I'm making a little more progress at the one-on-one -on -one part. And maybe you struggle too. Maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe it's a different issue. But the point is, is that we're all working on our ways to be authentic on the outside. And one more note about being authentic on the outside. That means the good part too. So often when we get a compliment, when someone says, oh, did you do that amazing thing? That was awesome. How do we usually react? Oh, it was nothing. No big deal. No problem. Right? We're playing down these amazing things that we've done. Yet God created us uniquely. And that includes talents and abilities. And we can be honest about the things that are good about us, that we're good at. We can do that because we're not all good at the same thing. And I'm not saying to go off and be obnoxious or conceited, not that I think any of you would ever do that. But we can be proud of the gifts that God gave us, the ones that we're cultivating and improving and working on. Are you a good listener? Are you good with computers? Do you have a good memory? I mean, these are wonderful gifts, and not all of us have them. If we share those talents and abilities with the world in a kind way, that lets other people know where they can go for help, for questions, for support. And these parts lead me to the third point, connection. I think the third part of authenticity, once you've accepted yourself and you've worked internally on your authenticity and you're showing it to the world, all the good and the bad, the third part is authentic connection. And I think that's a natural result. Once you put all these pieces inside and pieces outside together, I think it naturally paves the way for connection. In the Bible passage that I read, it talks about us traveling the same road and the same path to become mature in Christ. And I think this is where that happens. If we can be honest and vulnerable with ourselves and with each other, we can create authentic connections. We can accept each other who we are, even with imperfections. We can accept each other for who they are. 
we can celebrate our differences. And to me, this is the goal of being authentic. If you are fully accepting of yourself as the creation God made you, all of the good parts and the bad parts, and you're showing that to the world, all of the good parts and the bad parts, then you set the stage for connection at a much deeper level. Think about your closest friends and family members, those people that I'm talking about that you can just be your real self with. You can let it all hang out. These are the people that you can show everything, the good and the bad, and that is what I think authenticity looks like. That is authenticity in action. Being your whole self lets others accept you fully. And we can't connect to each other if we're fake or putting on a perfect facade. Think about my social media images. Are you more likely to reach out to someone who seems like they have it all together? Perfect life, lovely family, amazing vacation, never a work problem, none of that. And yet here you are thinking about how you're an imperfect person struggling with some things. But here's the reality again, we're all imperfect. We're all struggling with something. But by covering it up, we stop any chance of connection. Yet, if I'm honest with you, and I'm struggling with something at work, at home, somewhere else, that opens the door for you. You can reach out to listen, to offer support, to be there in a time of need. And if I'm honest about being good at something, if I have a talent, you can reach out when you have a question or a need that I can help you with. And this requires being vulnerable again. I found that vulnerability and authenticity are so closely tied together. Once we realize who God created us to be, it takes vulnerability to take those next steps and share it with the world and connect to others, to these other imperfect people. Yet that's what we all need, to live in community with other imperfect people. I find this really works. Just to give you a short example of an interaction that I had at work. I had received some criticism about a project. And let me tell you, I'm just a little bit sensitive about criticism. It's a sensitive spot for me. It makes me a little emotional at work. And I was feeling hurt about it. So I decided to talk to a coworker and tell her how I felt. I told her what had happened and how I was feeling hurt and a little bit sensitive about it. And how even at work, when it's supposed to be about work, it tended to make me emotional. And she was great. She was really sympathetic. She offered me a little bit of advice. She shared a story where she had gotten emotional about something at work. And it was a really valuable interaction. We both felt a little closer after that. We were starting to take our relationship beyond just being coworkers sitting in cubes next to each other to maybe being a little closer to being friends. Now, I'm not saying that we're best friends now after that one interaction or anything like that, but those types of interactions where we were both able to be honest and vulnerable and authentic paved the way for those friendships to form. And those authentic connections will help us grow into better people and more into the image of Christ. It's sort of like that's where the rubber meets the road, where we're all working together. We're all being honest and vulnerable and authentic. And by coming together, we're all working towards that goal of being more in the image of Christ. It's creating that community for that growth to happen. So 
I hope that you've gathered a couple of things from being authentic on the inside, on the outside, and of forming authentic connections. And it wouldn't be a sermon here at St. James if I didn't give some homework, so I have a few. <laughs> now, I've got three here to go with our three points. Don't feel like you have to do everything. Um, one, talking about being authentic on the inside. Find some part of yourself internally that you're struggling to accept. A big piece, a small piece, it doesn't matter. And this piece, tell that little part, I accept you. You're there for a reason. Number two, take a chance and be honest when someone asks you how you are. You don't have to go into huge detail. Like I said, those grocery clerks probably don't need a 30-minute speech. But be honest. Some examples. You know, I'm having a tough day. Problem came up at work, and I'm struggling to fix it. Or it doesn't have to be bad. This is a great day. I'm going out to lunch with some friends I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm really excited. Those are both authentic, vulnerable answers rather than, I'm fine, I'm busy, so try it this week. Or three, find a way to reach out when someone is vulnerable. If you see someone who is being their honest self, reach out to them, support them, celebrate that win, or help them with a need that they have. Sometimes this feels a little awkward, just reaching out blindly to folks. But a simple, I'm here for you, do you want to talk? That goes a long way in pretty much any situation, good or bad. So I urge you this week to pick one of the three and try them out. One, start to accept a part of yourself. Two, try to be honest about your day when someone asks you. Or three, reach out when someone is being honest about their life. So I hope that you will try one of those this week. Is another in the fire standing next to me? There is another in the water holding back the sea. And should I ever need a reminder how good you've been to me? I'll count the joy come every battle. Cause I know that's where he'll be. I'll count the joy come every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. Joy, come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll 